welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. You can take a seat, my friends. Yes, we are so glad you're here. If you're worshiping online, thanks for being here today. We're so grateful for every person. Well, like I said, today we are in week two of a series called Every Good Work. And we are talking about this message called Take the Lid Off, meaning I want to talk about growth. All right. So everyone look at the person next to you and say growth. Go ahead right now. The work of growth that pushes past that pushes past our preconceived and possibly even sort of the unconscious limits that we've put on life and faith. We really do this. I want us to take the lid off of normalcy, complacency, comfort, inherited boundaries that we live with and that we do faith with because God, believe it or not, wants to grow us. God wants to grow you. I want you to honestly come to grips with this today because even though none of us probably disagree with the idea of growth, most of us don't really work at growth. And I say that and we we hope for growth. We might have some disciplines in life that are intended for growth, but what we actually do is we don't try and grow, we try and maintain. We try and maintain a lot, so we work out. Maybe we do this physically, we work out, we do enough to spiritual disciplines in our life to order maintain some measure of health. But typically it's not an aggressive growth plan as much as it is a realistic maintenance plan. And so today I want you to consider something as we jump straight into the pool here. Consider how intentional you are about your growth versus your maintenance. Today's church culture, those of us who call Jesus Lord, those of us who follow Jesus, we unintentionally slip into maintenance versus growth mode. We do this all the time because a growth focus isn't about maintaining some measurement of commitment. A growth focus is something else. So it's not just about, oh, I need to maybe show up to church once or twice a month to make sure I do what I got to do or maybe do these spiritual practices. That's a maintenance mode because maintenance is really more about doing what's necessary in order to doing what's possible. And so we think, I want you to think of it like, hey, this isn't just, hey, let's get the water we need to make sure the plant stays alive, but we need to put some fertilizer on that thing because we want want to see it grow to its full potential. We need some miracle grow, right? And so growth says, I want more of what's good in order to increase the good work that God wants to do in me. And so if you're feeling like, man, he jumped in and he's going fast. Yes, we are. Many Christians today are better at doing what's necessary, meaning at maintaining, which is the mantra of maintenance, do what you have to do. We're better at that than we are doing the work required for growth. So we're actually pretty good at maintaining. We're pretty bad at growth. So no matter, I'd say this to everybody in the room today, no matter if you're a Christian, no matter if you're new to church, no matter if you're exploring God, no matter if you're like, I don't even know how I showed up here today. Someone invited me and I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought we were going to breakfast. He, he just took me here instead. I don't know how I'm here, but I'm here. No matter where you are, I want you to understand something today that God wants to grow you. That God wants to grow you because he cares about you. He loves you and he has more for you and he wants to grow you. 
and he wants to grow you maybe, he wants to grow your family. And I know some parents are like, hold on. I don't know if I need, but we know that growth comes in all forms, right? He wants to grow you. He wants to grow this church. How many know that he wants to grow this church, right? How many know that he wants this church to become a place that helps as many people as possible to fulfill their destiny that God has given them in their life, to come into a healthy relationship with God, that we want to reach people, that we want to see God advancing the kingdom by seeing more and more people coming into the kingdom, which means our church is going to grow, right? God wants to grow this church. We dream about filling this building, not because we want to see growth for the sake of growth. We dream about filling this building and maybe more than once on a Sunday is because we want to see more and more impact for the kingdom. That's what we want to see. We, of course, want to grow because we can, not only will we help as many people as possible to fulfill their life's work, we want to see people honoring God in all the facets and all the ways they live out in the world. We want to see them using their work and their jobs and their life and their families to advance the kingdom, to do great things, to change the world for Jesus. I believe God wants to raise up leaders in this church right here to do things that matter in our city. I believe he wants to raise up spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to raise up and invest in the younger generation. I believe he wants to raise up people who care about the next generation, who care about teaching children and care about, care about teaching cheaters. I believe, I believe he wants to raise up people who want to love and serve our city and serve the people in need. I believe he wants to raise those people up because in the only way he's going to do that is through the work of growth, that he's going to grow us to be good at leading or business or whatever it is we do in administration or to be a prayer warrior, whatever passions and whatever gifts he's given you, he actually wants to grow them in order to accomplish a greater work. Are you all with me? I love what it says in Galatians 6, verse 4. It says, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do. I mean, you know that God has given you a work to do. It's yours. Like it's the one that he's created you for. And it's an important work. And he wants you to do it, as the verse continues, with excellence. I love this next part. And their joy, meaning your joy, will be in doing what's right and being themselves. How many know you don't have to be someone else to be successful? How many, knows that, how many know that God has actually designed you and he's put things inside of you that if you would just go be yourself and fulfill that work, that that would be your joy? I'm believing now more than ever that God wants to grow you and grow our church and and the reason I believe this is not because I believe in success or believe in power or believe in money, although those things sometimes get confused with growth. I believe that healthy things grow. Anybody else agree with that? Healthy things grow. Therefore, if we aren't growing, you can assume something, that perhaps there's something not healthy happening. And so I believe that God wants to grow healthy people, and I believe God wants to grow a healthy church, and so it's a deeper growth, it's a wider a growth, a more significant growth, one where there's a lot of stories where your life would be full of stories, right? Story after story of God moving in and through your life. And I say that a lot, we say that a lot, that God wants to move in and through you. Why do we say that? Well, last Sunday we talked about the work that Jesus did because every good work begins with Jesus. And we talked about the work that he did when he told his disciples in Matthew 10 that he wanted them to go and heal and raise up and cast out. You guys remember this? If you were here last week, if you didn't, 
comes out of Matthew, chap, uh, Matthew 10 chapter, Matthew 10 verse 8. We can put that on the screen, but he tells the disciples that, hey, I don't want to just work through you for the sake of the world to do this ministry. I want to work in you first. I want to do these things in you. And so he wants to, he wants to bring healing to your life, right? No matter what sickness you are coming up against, physical, emotional, spiritual. He wants to raise up more life in you, meaning the things that are dead. He wants to resurrect new life, better life. He wants to cast the things out of you like discouragement or forms of darkness. He wants to get those things out of your life, rid them out of your life. So he wants to do this in you. And we talked about this last Sunday, and it was so cool. We had like 20 or so people come forward for prayer, and we prayed for all sorts of things. We prayed for healing. We prayed for casting out, raising up. We prayed these sorts of prayers, and they were bold prayers. And I talked to several people this week about how it was going, and, and we are seeing God do a work where God is moving in people's lives, and he's bringing about healing. Sometimes it's immediate and clear. Sometimes it's like an ongoing process, like things are getting a little bit better. And some people are like, you know, I don't know. I feel very encouraged, but I'm not seeing any healing yet. So we contend in prayer for all those things, believing that God's work is not done. And, and, and it's just a joy to see when people have the faith over fear to say, God, I believe you can do some work in my life because I want you to work in me. And I would say that to anybody today, if you need God to work in you, Perhaps you need uh, healing. Perhaps you need some, some sort of um, casting out of your life. Come forward for prayer today. We want to join you in that work. I'm also excited that we're going to see God raising up through his ministry of raising up new life. We're going to see people, 11 people today that are going to be baptized with this new life, raised to walk in a new life. This is a great picture. By the way, that'll be after the service. I'll explain it at the end. But... And Matthew, when he instructs the disciples to go heal, raise up, and cast out, he finishes this commission. You can put that back up on the screen. He finishes this commission with freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Meaning you have received this, it's been in you, and now I want you to give it, I want it to go through you. Right? And so he gave them these things. They received them. Now he says, no, give them. Now I want to go back because growth is different than maintenance because maintenance says, I'm going to take everything that God has given me and keep it for myself. Growth says, I'm going to take everything that God has given me and I'm going to turn around and give it away in order to multiply it. And this is, this is a totally different mindset. And so when we work to maintain our life, right? For example, if we're all about keeping the family in order or keeping our job steady or making sure all the assets are secure or finding a nice balance with our friends, our faith, our fun, our family and our field of work. <laughs> the last one was a stretch, the field of work. But, um, but if we're looking for a balance in those things, right, and, our, and that's our hope, Anytime something comes along that disrupts that balance, the boat begins to rock. And so if you're someone that wants stability and wants security and wants comfort and wants things to feel like everything's in balance, well, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a boat that's sitting still in the water to stay steady. But how many know that anytime something comes along that, whack, that, that kind of pushes that out of balance, you feel it pretty heavily? And see... Maintenance looks for stability while growth looks for movement. Both maintenance and growth experience things in life that rock the boat along the way. But the boat that's sitting still and rocking makes you 
sick, right? The only time I've really been sick, seasick on a boat is when I was sitting still in the ocean and the boat started rocking and it was like, you know, literally, right? And, and that's, and, but, the, but when, how many know that when you're moving through the water, the boat can rock quite a bit, but you don't feel the impact of that rocking near as much. And so a lot of time what we're looking for is we're looking for stability, but we really need movement. Am I talking to anyone today? Yeah. I'm talking about how God wants to grow you. Maintenance is attracted to lids. Stability actually searches for containment and a place to settle in, hoping for little movement, little change, little surprises, and no breakthrough. But we got to take the lid off if we want God to grow us. So what happens is many people, when they're going through trials, when they're going through challenges, maybe when you're feeling anxiety, depression, discouragement, in those times we reach for stability. We reach for something normal. We reach for something safe. And we fight for safety in the boat dock or in the boat anchor to where it would stay stable instead of embracing the possibility of the wide open ocean. And so they, we look to keep from rocking the boat and to, we want to control the movement, but perhaps it's the opposite that you need is that when you open yourself up to movement, you're able to combat the things of life that are the challenges in order to fight through life. Now I want to be clear, I'm not devaluing stability, I'm reframing it. There's great value in stability. We have, we have God. He is our firm foundation. He's our rock that we stand on. He is our refuge, our strength. He's all those things. He's our anchor to the ground. So what we must do is we must put our stability in the work of God instead of the work of ourselves that is looking for predictability and more control, which is what maintenance tries to do. So maintenance, if you haven't figured out where I'm going with this, maintenance is the lid that we have to lift. It's the lid that we need to remove. And growth is the work that God wants to do in and through you. See, this, is what is, this, this isn't that complicated. Most of us are not disagreeing with this, but most of us are really honest. We're a lot better at maintenance than we are growth. And the truth is, we often don't even believe God can grow us all that much more than where we already are. And if you're like, that's not really me, I want you to think about your life. Do you imagine it could be very much different than it is right now? It is what it is. How many of us actually, actually are thinking about something different that is, than we even understand? So I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't have deep in our heart this belief that anything is possible, that God can do anything, but we live mostly believing that most things aren't probable. So we settle into our containers and our fixed in kind of perceptions about God and about who he's created us to be and what life has in store. And unknowingly, we become maintenance managers instead of growth engines. But God wants you to be a growth engine. Do you understand this? Everybody just say right now, everybody look at the person next to you and say, God wants you to be a growth engine. <laughs> he wants you to multiply his work. Amen. All right, so just so you know, this I, whenever I talk about growth, I always feel like I'm trying to sell something. 
and I don't like that. I'm not trying to sell you anything. This isn't like buy an air fryer and your life will go from a three to a nine. You know what I mean? That's not what this is. This is an American dream talk where, you know, go make your millions. This is not that. This is not what I'm doing. This is also not a bunch of preaching ease. You guys know what preaching ease is, right? It's when preachers string together a bunch of spiritually charged words to fire you up. You know what I'm talking about? Like where it's like, in the name of Jesus, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I have a dream, right? Like that's preaching ease. That's preaching ease. And I like preaching ease, but that's not what this is. When we talk about every good work, I believe we have to consider the work that the Father wants to do in us. And to me, when we think about what the Father wants to do in us and through us, that's when we start to kind of consider growth in a more tangible way. Because most of us think about what we need and want God to do in us. We've freely received but we haven't really translated into freely giving. And that's where growth starts to happen. In Mark chapter four, Jesus teaches us an interesting thought for us to take with us today. Um, Mark four, verse 26, Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, there's that night and day thing again. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. Everyone say grow. grow. But he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, the leaf blade pushes through. Then, a head of, then heads of the wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. For the harvest time has come. So he's talking, he's talking about growth. And he's talking about the harvest. Jesus is actually talking about way more than growing seeds, right? He's talking about what the kingdom is like. And now what's interesting about this particular passage is Jesus is teaching the disciples this parable about the seeds. And he says the kingdom is like a farmer who goes out and he scatters seeds on the ground. But you got to understand there's an implied understanding. The farmer already did some work, right? The farmer went and probably plowed the ground up. He watered the ground. He did these, the things that he's supposed to do. But then it says all of a sudden, there was a miracle that happened. The seed began to grow. And it says this, that he does not understand how it happens. That's part stood out to me. The farmer doesn't understand how growth happens. He's like, how did that seed become a plant? I don't understand. It's like when I walk into a room and I turn the light switch on. I did some things in the process. I put a lamp in the room. I put a bulb in its place. I paid the electric bill, but I literally have no idea how electricity traveled from 20 miles away to some electric plant that I have no idea how produced electricity and traveled into my house. I don't understand. And I know some electrical engineer in here is going, listen, it's actually quite simple. The, <laughs> the protons, the electrons, the neutrons, they all get together and have a party. And I'm like, listen, I don't understand, right? I just get in my car and I push the button and drive. I did some things in the process. I put gas in the car. I topped off the oil. I made sure the tires are ready to roll, but I have no, no idea how it works. I know some of you in here are like, dude, it's not that hard. I don't understand. I just push the button and go. See, here's the thing. We do this with so many things in life where we don't understand how it works. We just understand what we do in the process. And then we trust the experts 
someone else who created it. We trust the creators of that process and what they do. So the thing I want you to hear today is you don't have to understand how to grow. People are always like, I don't know how to grow. I don't know how to grow. I don't know what to do. Listen, you don't need to understand how to grow, but you do have to want to grow. Because here's the thing. It's a mindset. The farmer was, did not have a mindset of maintenance. He wasn't like, man, you know, whatever. We'll just kind of get through. He wanted to see growth, right? He was going to do what he was supposed to do, which was scatter the seed. He was going to do his job, and he was going to trust the creator of the process with his job. So he was trusting God to do what God could do while he did what he would do. The farmer does his part. God does his. You and I don't have to understand how God will grow us because he's going to use all sorts of things that don't make sense. He's going to use trials in your life. And you're like, why am I going through this trial? Because he's, he's developing perseverance. He's finishing a work that he started. He's going to use things. He doesn't always cause all the bad, but he'll use it for his good. And so here's the thing. He'll use trials. I know some of you are going through that. He's going to use it. Just believe that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. I don't know how he does that, but he does. God uses all sorts of things to grow us. He'll use hard work. He'll use disciplines. He'll use children saying those darndest things. You're like, man, man, it's like the angels are speaking to that kid. Yeah, I know. I know. He does that. He'll use sunsets where you're like, wow, God is so good. He'll use long walks where you're like, man, this is so refreshing. He'll use, he'll use answered prayers. <laughs> I don't know. Those are good moments. Uh, he'll use answered prayers. He'll use unanswered prayers. He'll use all sorts of things. Our job isn't to know what or how he's doing it. Our job is to be obedient to scattering the seed, putting it into the ground, and trusting his process. And see, the process for electricity in my house is not that hard. I pay the bills and change the light bulbs. Besides that, I trust the expert, right? And I know for life and growth, it may be a little different, a little more complicated, but perhaps it's as simple as obsessing over the thing that you know you ought to do. Obsess over the process that you're supposed to do, scatter the seed, put it in the ground, and trust God to bring about the miracle. You have to understand, you don't have to understand how it will work, but you have to put your trust in the expert to do what only he can do. You know, a few years ago, we had to replace our 80-year-old sewer line in our backyard. No fun, but you got to do it. And as a result, they had to dig up our entire backyard. I literally had a 13-foot trench because we have a basement. We have a 13-foot trench in our backyard. That's a lot of dirt coming out of the ground. It's piled up as high as, as our house. It was a mess. Well, when they finished, they filled the holes back in, and my entire backyard was nothing but dirt. No, no, no grass anywhere, nothing but dirt. And if you know me, that was not a good thing. Not because I'm like some grass freak or anything like that. I just, I don't like a mess. And there's nothing messier than a bunch of mud in your backyard, right? And so I had to do something fast. And so I decided I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take this challenge on. I'm gonna figure this out. Spring was coming. So I decided I'm gonna fix this, but I can fix it economically. And it might take a little bit more work, but I can do it. So I decided to buy grass seed instead of grass sod. How many of you know that that's a lot harder work? Everyone say work. Yeah, every good work begins with Jesus, but this one just began with work. <laughs> I didn't pray about it. I didn't even ask him, should I do this? I just did it. Um, how many of you know that sometimes hard work actually produces good work? How many know that sometimes that the work produced by the work of work isn't bad, um, but sometimes the work that we do 
when we trust the process that God has already started actually ends up working. <laughs> I don't know. If you, if you followed that, congratulations. <laughs> I don't know if I did. I was like, what am I saying? <laughs> I put the seed in the ground is what I'm trying to say. And I let God do the work. I didn't know a lot about growing gra grass, but I knew enough. I knew that I needed to prepare the soil, right? I needed to, to make sure the ground was ready to receive the seed that I was about to scatter. So I went through my entire backyard and I, and I broke up the soil. I disrupted the ground. How many know that sometimes you have to disrupt things in order to grow things? Then I poured the seed on the ground. And now what's interesting is that the ground always has the potential for growth. But without preparation, disruption, and intention, it wasn't going to grow. All three of those things. You, you, you are like the soil. You have the potential to grow. And just like the soil, unless you prepare, go through the work of disruption and intention, we're probably not going to grow. See, the work of preparation is paramount. I talk about this all the time. I talk about this idea of making room for God to do something new. And when you show up to God and you need a miracle, but you haven't prepared for it, think about this. You haven't prepared for a miracle to happen in your life, so you throw a couple of Hail Marys, right? A couple two deep passes, hoping that, you know, it's going to connect. And so you throw a couple desperate prayers out there, one or two. And you know what? Occasionally those Hail Marys get caught, but usually they don't. Because it's like that seed falling, like the parable says, on the rocky soil. And that's the seed that gets snatched up and taken away and choked out. You see, when we prepare the soil, when we're prepared to receive a miracle, it's like that sand falling in the right type of soil. I mean, that seed falling in the right type of soil to where it can take root. You see, we try and get growth without work all the time. <laughs> A lot of people don't want to work hard, but they want work hard results. Don't get me started on that. That could be a whole message, but maybe we can say it this way. We want to get the prize without the training. Paul says it that way in 1 Corinthians. He says, runners who run to get the prize go into strict training. He says, but, so I don't run aimlessly. He says, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that I will not be disqualified for the prize. See, I've always loved that language, that I, I make my body my slave. My body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. And, and this is so critical in this idea of growth because we have to understand we have to actually overcome the flesh, the body, in order to be governed by the spirit. That's actually the highway to growth. That's the message by itself too. Man, how many messages are we up to now? Um, so I scattered, go back to my grass. I scattered the seed, right? And, and for weeks, I nurtured that soil. I was out there. I was like a farmer, man. I was like, I'm going to get this seed to grow. And before I knew it, man, I had knee-high, because you have to wait to let it grow as tall as you can. It was like knee-high length grass. And then, I, and then I mowed it down, and I had this reestablished lawn right? And it was a beautiful lawn. And what was a mess was now made new. I have no idea how that grass seed becomes grass. I just knew I had a part to play in the process. So I did my part, let God do his part. And that's what growth does. You see, it takes the dirt in our lives and it turns it into something beautiful. That's what growth does in our lives. 
We need to take the lid off is what I'm trying to get at if you haven't figured it out. So here we go. I'm going to close and I'm going to give us a, a few thoughts. I'm just going to review real quick because I didn't really like, have any points or anything. And so I want to make sure I, my point, if I had a point, got through. So let's close with a review. I have four specific things for you that are not things for you to go and do in life. I'm not telling you to go buy the air fryer. All right. It's not things that you go to do. I'm actually talking more about a mindset and a vision of becoming a growth engine. All right. So let's review. I'll summarize what we've said today into four thoughts. Number one, growth is healthy. If you want to be healthy, you're going to have to grow. Can I say that again? Everybody wants to be healthy and everybody wants to grow. But do you understand like growth means change? Growth means that you might become someone new. So just like you want to be healthy, you should want to grow. And if you're not growing, then you probably have something unhealthy in your life. It could be maybe you're just looking to keep things maintained, or maybe you're focused on the wrong things, or maybe you have bad habits. Healthy things grow. Healthy churches grow. Healthy people grow. We want to be healthy. Number two, growth is movement, not maintenance. Maintenance looks for stability while growth looks for movement. So we get up every day with a mindset to say, you know what? I want to disrupt the complacency. I want to disrupt the comfort, the normalcy, and I want to create movement for growth in my life. And I, if, if you've been able to tell, I'm not just talking about spiritual growth in the category of spiritual disciplines. I'm talking about growing you as a person and all things you do in life. Becoming the person God's created you to be is not contained to your spiritual disciplines. It's, it's, it's your entire life. It's everything you do under the Lord. Are you with me? And then number three, growth is a mindset. You have to want to grow. The farmer wanted growth. It's a mindset that believes God has more for me. I'm not done. He's got something else and it's going to be good. And then number four, growth is a process. Meaning you do your part and God's going to do his. You don't have to understand it. But the work of scattering seed, putting it in the ground and trusting God for the work he can do. It's a partnership between your work and God's work. And so all the things you do, everything that you do, it's part of, are you making it a part of the process? Say, God, I'm going to submit this to you. I'm going to do what I do. And I'm going to ask you to do what only you can do. So we do what he's called us to do. And he'll be faithful to everything that he's always been faithful to. So I want those to be the four things you take with you, hopefully today, and kind of ponder them during a sunset or a long walk or whatever it is. I want to close with a passage from Jesus in John chapter 6. Jesus is being questioned about the uh, work he's been doing. He's been growing a lot of things and changing a lot of things. And there was this moment where he fed 5,000 people through just a few loaves of fish and bread. We know that story. Talk about multiplying growth, right? Well, he says this in John chapter 6, verse 28. He says, therefore, they said to them, so he's being questioned. They said to Jesus, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? I like that. How do we work that work? How do we do that work? We want his work to be our work, is what they're saying. You ever wanted that? You ever want your work to be his work? How do we work the work of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, oh, 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 okay, here you go. This is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. And I love this because I don't think this is, a, this is like the end all be all, Jesus had more to say about this, but he started it right there. It begins with believing in Jesus. It begins, every good work begins with Jesus, as we've been saying. 
And I believe God wants to do a great work in and through you, but it begins by actually believing in the things that Jesus said. And if you believe in the things that he said, well, then the work that God wants to do in you is gonna actually start to go through you. Our growth begins by freely receiving his good work so that we can freely give it. So I wanna leave you with that. That's what I wanna pray over today. And so if you would join me in prayer, would everybody just stand, we're gonna pray. bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would move in you right now in just these few moments. Come Holy Spirit, we invite your spirit to move in our hearts right now. I know that today is a, is a, is a message that sort of makes you have to ask and, uh, bigger questions about your life and how you live. And, and right now, I just want you to make it about this moment. This moment right now, do you need to receive a work from God in your life? Do you need him to work in you? Do you need him to do a work of healing or a work of casting out or raising up or a work of help or a work of provision? Is there something going on in your life right now where you need God to work? I just said it, that you just, that the work of God is believing in the one who he sent, which is Jesus. And do you need to believe that Jesus is here for you, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus cares about what you're going through? And if that's where you're at today, I just wanna to say to you, I just wanna to say to you that he wants to work in your heart. So Father, we pray for any person today that's in that place, that they need your work in their life. Would you just move in them? Even in these next few minutes, would they come forward? Would they pray? Would they pray with a prayer team person? Would they bow their knees before you to just say, Lord, I, I just need you today. I need you to work in me. If that's you today, don't leave today without responding to what he's putting in your heart, that he wants to work in you, that he loves you. I also felt like, uh, you know, as we were praying, just with your heads bowed, I'll just say this. I did feel like God was going to encourage some people today who've been in maintenance mode. You've been trying to hold it all together yourself. You've been trying to do God's job instead of your job. And I just feel like he wants to tell you today that, you, that he's got that. He can take care of what he's supposed to take care of. And you can just start focusing on growing, on scattering the seed. Like just shift your focus today. It's like it says in Galatians, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work that God has given them to do with excellence. And their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves. God, I pray that over them today. We minister to some people today. We let them feel your encouragement today. Would you be the, the wind at their back? Holy Spirit, would you just move in people in a way that only you can? as we sing this altar will be open our prayer team will be here and I just really believe there's some people that are supposed to respond today that God's calling you to come and get on your knees before him for you to come and pray with a with a friend or a, a prayer team leader but he's calling you to respond and I just want to encourage you to trust him we just pray all this in your name amen let this be a time of response as we sing
We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.